All right. Well, perhaps we'll start with eyes and ears this week. Uh, Mariko. Okay, I'll start because I've got some decent content, I think, for once. So um, I've discovered iHeartRadio podcasts. I've come really, really, really late to this party. But, yeah, I just um, started listening to those, which are really cool. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to when we finally go on public transport again, I could listen to a podcast or two on my commute into the city. So um, the one I'm listening to is Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. With um, Zach Graff and Donald Faison. So they're from the TV show Scrubs. I don't know if any of you have watched Scrubs. I've watched it intermittently. Yes, it's quite funny. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of that show. I, I was watching it back in the early to mid-2000s, and it's in, you know, it's comedy um, in a similar vein as MASH. See what I did there with the vein pun, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's like a comedy set in a hospital with um, young doctors, and, yeah, I find it really funny. So um, the two, um, two of the lead characters have got this um, comedy podcast, which is a weekly one, and... It's basically a rewatch party of um, pretty much every single episode of Scrubs. So going from the very beginning with the pilot and the um, actors, you know, they deconstruct the episode, but there's also like this really funny, you know, um, just insight and comments that like even 20 years on from when Scrubs first showed um, to reflect upon what's happening now with COVID. So it's quite enjoyable. I've just got it in the background while I, um, do work on the computer. So, yeah, it's just making the days go by nicer. Okay. So, Mariko, um, what was it called? It was called Fake Doctors, Real Friends? Yeah, so Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald. Okay. and, so and the part on the iHeart Radio. Yeah. And by iHeart as in I the letter, H-E-A-R-T radio? I think so. The yeah, this is the, that radio, um, I think you can look up stations and podcasts on there it's it's very similar to tune in or or there's there's half a dozen radio apps that uh in a similar way but i know iheart radio is huge in america it's a yeah i think that's where it's come from so Hmm. yeah like i've heard about it but you never really kind of went into it but i hear you guys talking about podcasts a lot and i thought i should yeah start listening to some and can yeah talk about some interesting ones on there you As should a, just uh, search for history, uh, Mariko, and you'll be lost forever. <laughs> I, I, I sent you a message, Mariko, on, it's all part of this, on um, Twitter about a podcast yes. I listened to and it was about an Australian, an Australian um, basketballer playing in um, the NBA and they started the, grand, the final in 2014 with reference to Eddie Marbo. So it's a fascinating story how he brought it in. So that's not my my eyes and ears, but I thought I'd share that with you. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm seeing that now. Like the, today is the 3rd of June and it's Marbo Day. Does that's anyone right. know what Marbo Day is? Yeah, that's cool. I'm just so the, so, the um, subtitles. Yeah. yeah. So the coach brought it in just before they're going into the final of the NBA final. One of the, they pay, they play seven rounds. If you are watching last dance and, um, um, and he brought that in and didn't even talk about basketball. And they went out and I believe they won. So, oh, well. <laughs> so what, have, what have you been uh, consuming this week, Martin? 
I've come across a new Australian crime writer called Ian Lamond, L-O-M-O-N-D, and he's writes is the first book of his series, the Reed and Kidman series. He draws on his experience as a resident in Sydney and in a career in technology, working in the police and the justice se sector. And his book is called uh, Deaf Investor: Would You Kill for Privacy? He writes with a real empathy and understanding of the human condition with really good one-liners like own your emotion, calm down. That's one of the police ladies there read and when she's dealing with a tricky situation. But what I like about it is this, anyone who lives, lives in Sydney knows the streets. You'll be able to identify with all the street, suburb descriptions, the roads traveled on and all the different people in the locations. It's really easy to visualize the homeless people at the cross, the cyclists in Piermont, the runners and prams on the Bay Run around Abbotsford, Haberfield area there. Empty factories along the banks of the Lane Cove River, which is significant to the story. McMansions in the northwest of Sydney and mansions in Vaucluse and Fibros out in western Sydney. Then, of course, there's nice little scenes about police cars how trying to dodge traffic and freeway tolls as they zip around different parts of Sydney. He also provides a really, really good insight into workspaces of those working in technology and innovation sectors with open spaces, table tennis tables, pool tables, lounges, scooters dotting the room as a means of um, getting around because there's no cars in the inner city, all the hip clothes and the hairstyles. And you also get a good appreciation of the, the coffee drinking, takeaway food lifestyle of police men and women. So the book's quite an interesting book. The windows into the private life of Reed, who's married with two children living in the northwest of Sydney, and she's a police woman, and Kidman, who lives in a one-bedroom unit in Glebe. Kidman has had years of instinct in the work in the police force, and Reed is equally competent for building her instinct for the criminal mind and the circumstances they're in. But what I really liked was the insights into technology, and you might like this, Neil. I particularly like the way the criminals communicated with each other without communicating with each other, so their messages couldn't be tracked. And I hadn't thought of this, but I know it exists. What they did was is, is they, had two, they had one email account with different locations, and they had the same password, and they put all their messages into the draft email message. So all they'd have to do is log on to their account and look at draft messages, and that's how they were communicating with each other without actually transmitting across the... Um, Quite clever, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that was a really clever way for, for, you know, for this guy, Ian Lamont, the author, to pick that up. He's obviously seen that in action. But I also really... The other bit of technology I really liked was the, the unique way they found lost in commas data through their understanding of how syncing works with cloud storage products like Dropbox. You know, they'd lost the computer and they thought, you know, we need these photos of the security footage. They found an old computer and they said, don't connect it to the internet because if you sync it, you'll go back to the old, the, old, the new version. So they were able to find this old computer and go bang, there it was going there. Anyway, the story is a really good one. It's about, it's about a, a high-tech innovation centre and a young person goes in to, you know, sell his story about uh, a privacy-type app where he could track people and enable to see where they live and buy food and things like that. And, of course, he ends up dead in the car park of the innovation centre and two people find him and the story unwinds through there. So my story is that I read was Ian Lamont's The Deaf Investor, and it's a really, really good story about just in Sydney, a detective type police story. But as a Sydney person, I really love just reading about all the places that are related to Sydney. So if you get a chance to get it, it only costs a couple of dollars on Kindles. That's worth a read. Okay. I have to look that up.
<clears throat> well, I guess you guys would know for me, um, what I've been watching this week is the um, FX series. So only available on Foxtel, unless you want to go and buy it from Apple. Uh, what we do in the shadows, which is part of the uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement uh, universe uh, based around uh, what was originally um, a set of vampires, a mockumentary about a set of vampires living in Wellington. And that morphed yeah, into... Yes, in a share house. Uh, and so that morphed good. into uh, Wellington Paranormal, uh, which was about a, a couple of small characters from that. And now they've uh, remade it into a um, series set in New York, um, not with the same characters at all, but with exactly the same sensibility. You can just see the New Zealand humour um, floating all the way through it. The uh, construction of the scenes, the jump shots, the cuts uh, are all exactly the same. You can tell it's the same filmmakers making it. But what <coughs> uh, I sent you uh, a, a link to a particular episode, which was uh, one of the new characters invent uh, introduced in the series is uh, what they call an energy vampire. And this is a vampire <laughs> that sucks the energy out of people. I've and, read some uh, psychology books about energy vampires, but it might be different to what you're referring it's to. It's pretty much the same. It is, uh, they introduce this guy and he walks in, he's wearing a brown cardigan and glasses and he just loves, he's an energy vampire, can work during the day or walk around during the day as a day walker. And he's in the office and you just see him going from cubicle to cubicle draining the energy out of people by talking about something pathetic or, you know or petty and inconsequential but it leads to um he's saying you know my favorite night out is the town council meeting oh. to the to town council and he, he describes he said a town council he said it's just a smorgasbord of banality Oh, and what was the other word? <laughs> and he, you just see him filling up. He's so, so happy. But, uh, you know, they portray the town council a meeting. A smorgasbord of banality and despair, I believe. That's so one. Yes. <laughs> a smorgasbord of banality. Uh, that reminds me of a, <laughs> something, yeah. Well, there's, there's certain things about it. It's like, you know, there, there's always this one or two people who get up in every council meeting and they have got some incredibly detailed and banal question and they take the longest possible time to ask it. Well, that's what this energy vampire is. Uh, he, he just, <laughs> he just loves it. So uh, I, I really, I mean, I really like, I really like that series and uh, a huge laugh, laugh all the way through it. So uh, I recommend it. What we do in the shadows on FX, or you have to buy it on iTunes, highly recommended. Even if you only get episode two, it's only 20 minutes. Fantastic. All right. Sounds like anyone else. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Is anyone else? No, uh, the only other thing Justine. is I'm just, oh, Justine. Mm. Um, the only other thing is I'm just uh, preparing for my interview with Michael Bennett next week. Yes. So still yes. reading my copy of Pathfinders about Aboriginal trackers in New South Wales. So yeah, I'll just do a plug for um, yeah next Thursday night, starting at 6.30 PM. Um, we've got an online Hornsby library event. 
think it's going to be done through Zoom, um, where, yeah, I'll be doing an author talk. So Michael Bennett in his book. So I'll be interviewing Michael about that. So, yeah, just doing some last minute, you know, reviews of the book. And yeah, so that's another part of my eyes and ears.